Thank you, by the way, for honoring the podcast and coming onto the podcast. Uh, thank you so, so much for having me. Yeah, I specifically felt the need for, for having you on the podcast because, yes, um, there is, I broadly have an interest into what everybody's doing. I also took interest in the fact that uh, I can see my house in the VR just as before it's being built, so I make decisions. So, And I'm also really, really just a big fan of um, businesses that have started here and um, are adding some value, right? Mm. So I, I like to be that person that has some bit of the story and put it out there so that they know that that guy had the story. He knew who to talk to in the right time. Mm. right time. So, yeah, I'll just, uh, like every other guest, I'll let you try and introduce yourself. Then from that is how I'll pick the perspective of what type of conversation we should have okay. with this. Yeah. Uh, my name is Perry Aman. And first of all, thanks so much for having me here. It's uh, amazing to be on your show. Um, my name is Perry Aman. Yeah. I am a co-founder of a company called Upweaver, Elite Developers. And uh, we're basically a technology-first construction company. And uh, what that means is that uh, technology and innovation is integral to every part of what we do. And the reason why that is is that we realize that there are many issues that come in uh, that that that, are, that you face in construction in Uganda, right? Building a home is one of the most expensive investments that any yeah. human being will make in their entire lives, the, on the, the average person at least. And we realize that uh, for many people, that investment goes wrong in so many ways. Either you get a product that isn't what you wanted, or you spend so much money and time uh, in the process, you know, making mistakes, doing corrections, and so on. Being cheated. Being yeah. cheated, you know, which is a very common thing here in Uganda. So we realized that by leveraging technology, we can help to alleviate some of those problems and to try and uh, to basically make the process more efficient, um, make it more cost-friendly at the end of the day for the, the final consumer. How, how are you doing that exactly? So there are a number of ways in which we are uh, integrating technology into construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is uh, right before us, which is the virtual reality. And uh, what virtual reality allows you to do is to step into your space before you even laid a single brick on the ground. Okay. And uh, okay. I, okay. Yeah. yeah, so we, we all love our architects, we all love our, our engineers, mm. and they do for us amazing plans. But as lay people, it's difficult to really perceive what that plan will look like. We're Africans first. We're Africans first, yeah. You you, you need to... (laughs) (laughs) I agree. To see and to touch and to experience the space, you know. So if someone tells you your your living room is going to be three by three meters, you kind of have an idea from looking at a blueprint, but you don't really know what that feels like until, you know, the walls are coming up. And so often it happens that now when the walls start to come up, that's when you're now saying, ah, this place is small, let's break it, let's do this, let's do that, which adds to the cost. So what VR does, it gives you the most realistic representation of what your final place is going to look like. Yeah. And that allows you to make any changes that you need ahead of time without having to uh, make those mistakes and then you know break and then build again or anything like that. So VR gives you that power to experience um, your dream before it's even built. I strongly feel like that that is something that has been missing greatly. Okay, I don't know how people will adopt to the whole VR thing, but I, for one, I've, I've been a part of a few projects and I noticed that is the thing. The owner of the project comes back, is like, I know, man, I need now like four, I need, the, I need like another floor here, then break yeah, this. Then that's a very common thing here yeah. in Uganda. So that leads to a lot of waste, that leads to a lot of uh, delays, it leads to a lot of uh, cost, additional cost. And we don't want that for the final consumer. So if someone can be able to see that and experience it and, you know, and make those little nitty-gritty changes, because the, the, the virtual reality shows you really what, what a place is going to look like, down to even the weather. You can say, okay, fine, what will my place look like when the sun is setting at 6 p.m. in December? And you get to experience what the natural light is like. And then you can see and you say, oh, you know what, these windows are a bit too small. Let's have bigger windows. Let's have more windows here and there for more, for more, for more light. That wouldn't be possible without virtual reality. How does this work, though? Like, how do you fit into the plans? Like, after me and you have the conversation of, this is yeah. how I want my house to be like. Mm. How, just take me through the technicalities, like I'm six years old. How so, does it work? So yeah. there are two ways you can go about it. One is, we do the plan for you. So you, you show us uh, your, your, your property or mm-hmm. your land, we evaluate it, do our measurements, and then we have our in-house architects come up with a plan for you. Or you can use one of our, our pre-built pre-build plans, which I'll come to a bit later. Yeah. 
The other way is if you already have your plan um, done by an architect or an engineer, uh, we can then convert that into a virtual reality plan for you, a virtual reality experience. So we have some clients who they already have their plans done, but they, you know, they are a bit hesitant to take that next step. So it just costs a little bit of money to have it converted into a virtual reality version, and then uh, they can get to experience it and make any corrections that they that they may want to correct. Oh, that makes sense. I I, I did know about that. The fact that I could have my plan yeah. and then you help me visualize it for me, right? Yeah, we so can I absolutely can see do that. Yes. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is really something. Yeah, I think it helps a number of people. We, yeah. We're also doing that. Uh, we're also partnering with a few um, architects and architectural firms to help their clients as well to be able to experience uh, their space. They may not necessarily build with us, mm-hmm. but at least they can experience the, just the virtual reality product on its own. In terms of trust, though, how do you uh, get the client to feel like once I see it in the VR, this is how it's going to be like. Uh, we've, we've suffered with uh, Jumia and Noshe to my people. Where are you? What you order is not what you get, right? <laughs> uh, well, I think it's one of those things where you just need to experience it for yourself. And I would, I would encourage anyone who may be a bit skeptical to just come and have a demo and get to know what it feels like. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's difficult for me to say you know, it's going to look realistic without you actually experiencing it. I can show you yeah. what it might look like. Uh, I hope. But the best thing is the actual experience. Experiencing yeah. it. So, um, so be, before, I mean, you can try before you buy it. Let me put it like that. Before, so, I, I, thought, I thought for me to experience it, I, I must be willing to build with the Viva. Like, the, the terms there. Like, I don't just come and experience my house plan, then I feel happy about it, then... No, what, uh, you what know, once I experience it, I can now take it to another guy to, to execute and be like, okay, now. Yeah, you can, you can, you can contract us specifically for the VR oh, okay. and not okay. necessarily have to deal with us. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's also an option. Okay, that, that makes sense. That's a service on its own, right? It's so a service can, on its you own. You can visualize my plan and yes. I get the whole feel about it, feel comfortable about it, know that it will cost me this much. Does... Once I visualize, right, then I get an understanding of how much I will spend on the house in terms of material, in terms of which type of windows, the interior design, does everything is, uh, is no, the plan. I think, I think what you're referring to is uh, like a bill of quantities Yeah. Uh, to know the costing of the house. Yes. That's, that is something separate. So usually that happens when uh, you're contracting someone to build for you. So if you come to us and you want us to, to give you pricing for your house, how much is it going to, to cost according to your plan? Mm. Um, we give it to our, our quantity surveyors and our engineers to basically break it down into a bill of quantities which, uh, or a material, material schedule to know really how much uh, material we're going to use for, the, for your plan yeah. and then break that down into a costing. So what am I seeing in the VR? Am I seeing a ready finished house? Yes. And the inside of it all... Like ready finished with interior design, with a finish. Interior design, yes. Okay. Yeah. So then that feeds into my my budget of this is the type of window I should have, right? Yes. So these, so ideally, these are the curtains I'll have to buy. Yeah. So I, ideally, um, once you're done with the design process, which you, which you do in conjunction with the VR, mm-hmm. uh, then you can do the costing afterwards. So, okay. I mean, like, yeah, if, no, if you sense. have a room with, let's say, one window versus a room with three windows, yeah. that's going to, they're going to have different, different uh, costs attached to them. So when you're done with the design part of it and you're happy with the design, then you can get to um, know how much exactly it will cost. Or uh, if we're the ones doing the design for you, we can also help you with that process so you can tell us your budget mm-hmm. and then we can also um, help to fit your design within your desired budget. So expand more on um, the different types of house plans. So, so I think one of the things maybe we hadn't yet touched on is the fact that we do offer pre-designed houses. And this is our product called uh, Built For You. And that's yeah. another way we're using technology to help. And that, that's through the, the pre-designed houses. So the pre-designed houses are basically um, three-bedroom, four-bedroom, five-bedroom, and six-bedroom houses that we have already designed ahead of time. So what happens is if you have your piece of land you can come and say, okay, I have, let's say, a 50 by 100. What can I, what can fit on it? Which one of your plans? So depending on your needs, for instance, how many children you have, what kind of budget you have, we can then get uh, a plan from one of our pre-designed plans and see if, if that plan can work for your particular size of property and your budget. 
what's, so, what's, what's better though? Uh, you guys checking out my land mm. and then me giving you a vision of what my plan could be, which is almost like the same thing, right? Mm. My plan could be looking at the plans you have could be the idea of the plan I want. So the, the advantage with the pre-designed plans yeah. and built for you is that you don't pay for that design services. They are 100% free of charge. Because the plans have already been made ahead of time, that cost is covered by us. You don't pay that cost. So it's you just you know pick it from a catalog. You say, I want this, like how you said, Jumia. But in this case, we deliver. <laughs> so you just say, you want this. What I pick on I, is what you produce. Well, exactly. So the advantage of that is, one, you're not paying for the design. So all the, the VR, the, the architecturals, the electricals, or engineering is already done ahead of time. We but this have, is only when I'm going to construct with you. Yeah, yeah. So okay. this is when you're going to construct with us. Okay. Yeah. So we don't charge you for that design services at all. It's 100% free. For us, what we're interested in is to build for you your house. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we have the already built, already designed plans and the customized plans, right? Where yeah. I come and explain to you guys my vision. Yeah, so the customized plans, yeah. that, that is possible. Um, it will be a charge, though a small one. Like I said, for us, we are most interested in the design, though there will be a small charge if we are, the, if we are to do for you a customized uh, plan. But the important thing to know about the, the pre-designed plans is that there's still a degree of flexibility. It's not that uh, the plan we give you, you have to take it the way it is. No, there's still, still some degree of uh, customization that's allowed, so you can you know, still tweak it and still make it your own in yeah. a way. Now, the whole process of, of, of building a house from like buying land, which is hectic, you're dealing with uh, a guy selling it to like a million people, that mm. is done, you, you get it done. Then, um, how do I trust Aviva to know that uh, since they are sorting almost everything else for me, they can do the construction from scratch mm. to finish, how do I trust that my prices are not going to be exaggerated? Because uh, usually that has been like a sentiment with even just building already built homes, right? Mm. You feel like uh, you are going to be sold, that the price is going to be exaggerated almost like double, right? Mm. Mm. Someone has mm. invested in their time. Like, how do I then get that trust to be like, you know what? This is roughly how much I would still have spent on following up on this myself from scratch to finish. But then I put on professionals to do the same for me. And it's still going to be relatively fair in terms mm. of costing. Yeah. The, the good thing with the construction industry is that it's a relatively transparent market when it comes to pricing. And uh, when we give you a bill, of, a bill of quantities or a material schedule, yeah. it's very easy for you to look at that budget and go and make a comparison. If I'm telling you on this material schedule that we're charging you a bag of cement at 200k, you know, you're going to know that that's not <laughs> that, that's not a realistic. A realistic oh, like price. I get down to these details, right? Even yeah, we get down to details. You like okay? We get down the details. This is yeah. how much we charge for a three bedroom exactly. home. Yeah, and this is what you're supposed to pay. Then the details are yours. That is no, we 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 are also transparent when it comes to the details. If you're interested in those details, but uh, the thing is that we also try and make it as easy a process as possible for the for, for the for the consumer. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we found is that. People don't like the headache of construction. Yes. At the end of the day, what it's you want is something that, that is within your budget and it doesn't go above and you're not stressed. People aren't calling you to say, now you see, we bought cement, but they have stolen the cement. We bought, we bought wiring, but they have stolen the wires in the night or something like that. And now costs keep going, costs keep going. Or this material is done, we need to add more. At the end of the day, what we're offering is a fixed price. If we say it's going to cost 200 million, yeah, it will cost 200 million. Unless I don't know what happens, but it will cost 200 million. That's what we have guaranteed. So usually the other thing that hike, hikes the prices is, 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 is the land thing, right? Like mm. where people buy the land, where they're going to build. Mm. It's usually exaggerated prices. You go to Chanja and a plot of land is now into like, it's, it's almost hitting a billion. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, well, once you find a ready-built home on such an expensive plot of land, it's going to be extremely expensive. Mm. I like the fact that you choose to work with people who already have their land, mm. in this case. Or do you also, can you acquire me for me land? If So we, we do have partners in, in that space of uh, acquisition. Um, okay. Some rental companies, sorry, um, some 
brokers that we work with who can assist with that. Oh. We don't we don't do it directly though, but we have uh, partners whom we can refer you to that can help to get something that's really good and within your budget. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing though is uh, what is almost like the biggest issue people I, I find in construction is there's there's a disconnect between the guys that the people like Aviva who are professionals, right? Mm-hmm. And then the people who have just done it, experienced, normal builders, like a random Mugaga will choose to go where that piece of land is. They get a fundi and an engineer and then mm. they patch up a few guys who will put up a building. Mm. Yeah. So I want you to make make it make sense. Why should I work with professionals like Aviva? So I think what you've described is how maybe ninety percent of construction in Uganda takes place, right? But uh, like we've also talked about, that is generally where the issues come in. Yeah. I would say maybe 80% of a project's success is in planning and management, and the other 20% is execution. Yeah. So you often find that all these issues of theft, all these issues of being over, overcharged, all the issues of um, structural problems that come along with, with, with that, I mean, the other day someone's wall fence collapsed, yeah. right? On, on, someone, on someone else's house. <laughs> That yeah. that I, I think even as a lay person you can know that that's just poor planning. Yeah, poor planning, poor workmanship as, as mm. well. Yeah, I agree. It was a predictable problem which these guys had complained about. They saw it coming. So when you have people who don't operate with any standard, you know such issues are somewhat inevitable, and that's what we're trying to move away from. But we're also trying to do it in a way that doesn't add um, a lot of cost to it at the same time. So how do we balance the the hands-off nature of being able to just, you know, you build, we just send you updates via WhatsApp or via email, and you know that your construction is going on, versus I know people, for instance, that have had to camp there at their, their construction site yes. to make sure things are installed, to make sure I think work is being done. If they don't, if they miss it in one day, that's it, right? They come back, things are missing, nothing has been done, people have just been, you know, laissez-faire the whole time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So... Do you want that stress? That's that's the question, and I don't think anyone wants or deserves, you know. To, Do you, to that, is, that are there like, like once I, a partner with Aviva? Are there like insurance measures to cover me? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. For in case of anything. Yeah, there are guarantees that we give to ensure the the, the quality of work done, and also to ensure that it's within, um, can I say your budget? Yeah. Now, away from like the house, which we'll come back to, yeah, like mm. to, to, to the personal houses people stay into. If it's say a project, and we're constructing it, one of the reasons people put up projects in different areas is because they would also add value mm. to to the community, right? Uh, so you'll they'll pick like builders, like maybe the potters. Mm. So once a builder gets onto such a project, mm. does it have to ship its workmanship to like the area or? you'd still go into the business of sourcing people from that community just to also support the community. Say it's like a coffee plantation, so it's a factory into mm. some area. Yeah, Of course, I, th- I think um, it's within our best interest. And I mean, as Africans, you have to support the community that you're, that you're in. Um, but of course, that also requires balance because there's some work that is expert work that may not be, it may, it may not be possible to find someone within the community to do it. Mm. But where it's uh, simpler tasks, then definitely we would prefer to have um, local talent involved. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense, makes sense. So um, would you give me a few points on the future of home building, someone in the home building thing? Like how do you see it? How do you envision the future of, of homes? Also, yeah, like uh, why are homes very expensive around here maybe? Like, and do, you, do you have like, something in your mind, like a solution as like cheap affordable housing for us deal things to that yeah yeah absolutely i think the future of home building lies in standardization which is what we're trying to do with uh, the pre-designed plans the more you're able to replicate something over and over again um the lower the cost it it uh, it will be at the end of the day you're able to achieve economies okay. of scale okay. Okay. by that being able sense. to mass produce it yeah. yeah um ideally it would be prefab housing though that's not yet that's a few years away in uganda uh, maybe like okay, maybe more than a few years, but the next best thing is what we're doing, which is the the pre-designed homes. Yeah, to yeah. create a level of standardization. If we know we've done the same home a hundred times, 
then the costs become very predictable. We're able to bring down the cost for you, the final consumer, at the end of the day. So it's the same thing as, uh, I mean, like a bottle of Coca-Cola costs 1K, only because they make millions of them every month. So they're able to bring down the cost for, for everyone. That makes sense. Okay. So do you have, uh, do we have like victory and success stories of projects you are proud of? Yeah, that you yeah, can we, you can hint on uh, people can pick up and like okay Aviva really did that. Yeah, we do we do have some success stories. Um, one of them I'll talk about is something that you mentioned, which is in regards to community involvement. Yeah. So there's a project we did um, in Gulu for a community um, community area, and we're building teachers' housing, and we're using one of our plans, which was a, a standardized plan, and uh, really got to get the community involved. And why I also mentioned the whole concept of, um, of standardization is that there were people who came on board and they didn't necessarily have the skills, but were able to skill them to a point. But the fact that they are having that experience in doing, you know, uh, multiple houses at the same time, the same task over different houses, you know, someone may gets to improve their skill over time, and therefore they become better, they become more efficient, they make fewer mistakes. So we're happy to have left that community, at least with um, hopefully, you know, skilled workers that will be able to employ themselves later mm -hmm. on and be able to also, you know, build other things in the community, be able to improve the community, but also be able to earn a better livelihood for themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's now, um, one of my observations I've made with the type of communities we are living in are that the guys that can afford houses, say a three-bedroom house, mm. uh, a bit from the informal sector, right? Um, and, and, and this argument I've had uh, previously on the podcast, I think, with, uh, with Asmahani, she's a lawyer. So we're talking about, in this case, we're talking about business. Um, our, our GDP and the economy is really, really funded by a lot of the informal sector business, right? This mm -hmm. is where people that actually have money are. Mm -hmm. And when we look at this type of technology that is, is coming, it's cutting edge, it's... it's it's really from from yesterday, and it's it's coming it's coming down to us in this way. We can embrace it, but also the type of community we're in. Since I don't want to say illiterate, because I don't believe people who make money are illiterate. Mm. I believe if you've cracked the code around money, that is it. <laughs> so, but like for, for people to fully appreciate such technology, right? I feel like there's we are still not there. Mm. So, how are you going about that? I think I the people that are on the internet that can really, really be about their house planning and whatnot probably don't have enough money to mm. put up a three-bedroom house, right? Mm. The people on the internet that know about VR. The guys that know, I think, I could be wrong, the guys that I think have the money, though, that are building houses in Masaka and where not they're here, mm. the third wife has a flat, everything like that. Mm. The guys who are not really tech-savvy. So how are you going to penetrate that market? Um, what I'll say is, I think this is a product that works for anyone. I mean, VR works even in education for kids that are five, as young as five years old, and it also can work for someone that's 95 years old. The reason why is that it's, it's simple. It simplifies a complicated concept. You know, the complicated concept is the plan, a, a house plan. Like, when you look at the blueprint, it's eh? that, that, that plan that you take to, to KCC, I don't know how many pages, it has all these markings, these numbers, what are... Yeah. A normal person doesn't know what any of those things mean, right? Unless you're, like, a professional in the industry, you can understand what that plan means. Mm. And we're saying, how do we make that, you know, that mess of all this technical information as simple as possible for someone to understand, like, any person... And that, that's where VR comes in. So it's not that, you know, someone has to be educated or, you know, ha have some higher education to be able to understand it. We believe that this is something that can help every single person. Every single person can be able to benefit from this. And it simplifies it so much. How much is enough money for, um, for me to build a house? If you're looking at the three-bedroom house, we have um, a plan right now that starts at $195 million. I don't know how well this podcast will age, but <laughs> that's the price as of today. That is the fairest, 195. Yeah, without, without a proof of land. But uh, for context, this is a three-bedroom house. Um, this is a house with an open-plan kitchen. It has extra high ceilings. When you say open-plan kitchen, 
So this is a modern kitchen. Um, marble countertops. It's okay, uh, okay. more of like the American style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're looking at extra high ceilings. The ceilings are about 2.2 meters where we are now. The hours in the plan go up to three meters, which is quite nice. Yeah. It's quite comfortable space. Yeah. 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 So it's it's the more it's a more modern look, but also it helps with ventilation and aeration. It also has uh, so that's a self-contained master bedroom with a walk-in closet. It has a home office, yeah. so you can work from home without you know the kids over disturbing you. And it's there's a lot of like remote work these days, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like the, the traffic yeah. and what you want you sometimes you want a space that's your own, and if you still don't want it as an office, you can use it for something else. You can turn it into a home gym. Yeah. So it's a three-bedroom house, not including the home office. Then we also have uh, on that same plan is a maid's room, which is self-contained. So that's basically a fourth bedroom. And we also have uh, a kitchen, but also a what we call a dirty kitchen or an African kitchen, which is the, the outside kitchen where you can cook with a cigarette. It's really important to speak on it's the kitchen. It's very important. Because I've seen what has been the biggest issue with people complaining to where they're renting. Because mm. so landlords never bother about kitchen, right? Just mm. put it there, put a sink, yeah. and that's it. So our, our plan not only includes the regular modern kitchen, it also has the exterior kitchen, which is the, you know, the African kitchen. You can use your, your cigarette or your coals. Um, it's shaded nicely, and yet you're, you know, you're very comfortable at the same time. And I think that's important because many people overlook, overlook that when yeah. they're doing their house plans, and then you, know, you find someone doing a cigarette in the front yard yeah. in their visitors. So having, having a separate area where they can do that if they need to wash clothes or cook from the outside, you know, at Matoke, and right, there's a comfortable space for you to, to do that as well. Oh, yeah. And this plan also has an alfresco... I'll be running these this types of plans on the screen on this very episode, <laughs> so people have an idea. Okay, all right. Yeah, so it also has an, an alfresco dining, which is like a veranda outside the kitchen where you can wake up, have your breakfast, have your coffee while enjoying, you know, the outside fresh air. Yeah. yeah. So all that in that one plan um, is for the low, 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 low price of one ninety-five million. I feel that that's manageable. I've yeah. been looking at people's wedding plans. They're always in two hundred thirty million. Exactly. So <laughs> before you do a wedding, you can just consider building a home. Yeah. So the other thing, though, about homes, um, and these are misconceptions you could help clarify on. So it looks like it's 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 now more expensive to run a home than. Than to rent one. Mm. What, what are your views on that? Like, um, I, I observe um, my peers, a few of them, uh, even those that can actually build. Because then, again, it goes back to how expensive the land is. The bubble is so big mm. that then it becomes, you'd have to buy somewhere in Sonde, right? Mm. But then you have to commit to work somewhere in Kampala and then you don't have to do the traffic hours. So mm. then once you compute the money you spend on transport and You'd rather then just come and rent in Colorado and put all that money there. Well, I can't do work, but please, the kids. How do you feel about that? Is it really, really feasible right now for you to build your own home? Like, why should I build my home? I think it's the best time ever to build a home. Really. Okay. Um, the reason why I say that is uh, I think the financing is the best place it's ever been in, in terms of being able to go to the bank and get uh, a mortgage. I don't think it will get any better than this. Maybe in like 20 years. But also, you know they say that if you want wood, the best time to have planted the tree to get the wood was mm. 20 years ago. True. The second best time is today. No. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been great if you had bought land you know, 20 years ago before the, the kind of rush that we have right now. But uh, the second best time is now. So... It's only going to to get worse. It's only going to get more expensive. I think if you are planning on building at any point in your life, um, just go ahead and buy the land now. Even if it's in Sunday, Sunday is not going to look very far in a few years. In this place where we're in right now, we're in what? Nalia. Nalia. It used to look so far back in the day. And I remember so, Chanja. So, so, so far. It was so yeah. far, but now everyone is <laughs> there. Now everyone stays here, even Chanja. Yeah. Right? People are now staying that side of Chira and whatnot. It used to feel unimaginable staying staying that side of town. It just felt so far, but now, you know, it's part of town. So I don't think there's any such thing as a bad land investment, unless you're bought in like a swamp or something. But other than that, I don't think there is any such thing as a bad land investment. I would say just uh, invest now. 
Uh, you don't necessarily have to stay there. So if I build, okay, there's that. Mm-hmm. If I build my home, right? Uh, how how much maintenance do I have to do on it? Separate. If you're staying in it, yeah. Because then um, that would be the, the worry, right? If I'm renting my home, mm. I leave all that to the landlord. Guy asks for a million a month, mm. and I am just looking for that. But now my home, I don't know. The guy's going to come and say, I take the gutters, the water entered the walls. Now you have to fix the water. You have to literally spend almost on new, like another wall. I think it depends on if you're just trying to maintain versus trying to improve. And I think most people generally are always trying to do slight improvements on their house. A maintenance is more of just keeping it in the same space as where you bought it or where you, when you built it but that's not that difficult um, a coat of paint here fixing maybe a leak here or there is not uh, it's not that lot of money to be honest it's compared to compared to renting it's a, fr- a fraction maybe like a tenth of what you'd pay if you're renting but so you strongly believe one needs to own their own home yeah, I strongly believe in home ownership. I don't see a reason not to own a home. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other misconceptions around home owning that you wish to clear from like your experience? Mm. Things you, you've had and be like, no, this people just say out of ignorance. This people are just throwing it out there. No, I don't want to call anyone out. But okay. I would just say, uh, if, if you can't own a home, I would advise that you, you do. Maybe... Um, don't necessarily go into an amount of debt that you can't manage. And you need to be a bit wise about it. I'm not saying just you know buy any home anytime just because you can. Uh, be wise about uh, the decision making process. But I would say it's a worthwhile investment. Because the other thing you also remember is that it is an investment. Much as it costs um, some money to maintain it, it yeah. also appreciates in value. Whereas you rent a property, the place where you're renting from, you have no, you know, no capital in that in that property. But at home, you do have capital. Yeah, in, that, in that case, so the other thing is, with homes and, and 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 construction. Say I have started my house, my construction. Okay, I don't, I don't just bank on the houses. But my construction and halfway, I've been dealing with an engineer, right? And halfway, I'm not impressed. And then I have to get on professionals like Aviva. Mm. Do you have to follow the blueprints or when you come on board, you'd advise to change like plan? Okay, this is really, really like, I, I know it goes down to specifics, but in, in this case, like from your experience, choose the right house plan mm. with my budget. Like how do you guide me to choose the right house plan? So um, I think the right house plan starts with what is your lifestyle? So, yeah, I've, I've seen that, right? Even our um, website communicates that. What does that mean? Like, does that mean my children? Exactly. So if, if you are, um, let's say, a bachelor, you're unmarried, um, and you're not planning on maybe getting married anytime soon, I wouldn't necessarily advise you to have the same house plan as someone with uh, a wife and three kids, right? Your needs may be very, very different. So like I mentioned before, how you have, let's say, a home office, you might be the kind of person who works from home. 90% of the time, yeah. someone else may never work from home and they may never want to bring their work home, right? So they may want something else. Maybe they like fitness. So why not have a space that, that speaks to what it is that you, to the life that you live, basically? If I'm a fitness person, I'd rather have a home gym than maybe a home office, Yeah. right? If I don't have any kids, maybe I'd rather have a small house. If you have maybe three kids, maybe you want a five-bedroom. So... I would say your lifestyle is the first determinant of um, the kind of plan that you should uh, you should have. It should be something that fits into your lifestyle and lifestyle and something that elevates your life as well. And also, basically, where you're going, where do you plan on being in fifteen, ten, twenty years? That's the kind of house I think you should aspire to construct, such that you grow into it. If you plan on having more kids, then you need to have that space too. Yeah, yeah. So I think that would be the starting point. Then, of course, the next thing, which is uh, just being realistic, is budget, right? You might want to have, you know, a six-bedroom mansion, but you don't have the funds to do so. So you have to have that balance in between um, your lifestyle, but also your budget, so that you have that that middle ground and find that that fit that makes sense. Is there a need for people to have uh, house plans to have? 
extremely big spaces, see like sitting rooms, right? Mm. What's 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 the value of that space in a house? Like from your experience, like from your view. Like why should I have like this room? It's mm. fitted enough for just the cameras and lights. But you'd find someone wants like a big minus just wanting, what's the actual value of having a big space you're not using? So I would say there is some some value, some market value that uh, that's there when it comes to space. If your if your rooms are too small, um, and you plan maybe selling that property, okay, okay. you're definitely going to be restricted in how much interest you'll get or how much money you'll be able to get from from that property. People in Uganda generally don't like mm. uh, very small spaces, but of course there's the limit to that. You're not going to have you know. Uh, a master bedroom the size of a football pitch doesn't necessarily make sense. That, but that could be a personal preference. Yeah. Take me through the construction process from, from your perspective. So the construction process, if Say you... Say I'm coming to you mm. as a guy, I have my money, I hit the lotto, <laughs> now I have money, I have to sort my house issues. So the first thing I'd have you do is sit down with one of our account managers to basically understand about you. You're the first thing we need to know about. Before we even know about uh, necessarily what you want to build, yeah. we need to know more about you and who you are as a person, or what it is you're aspiring to, to do when it comes to your property. And um, also, if you already have the land, then where your land is, uh, we basically would send our suppliers to do an assessment, have a look at the place, have a look at what's in the, the neighborhood, the kind of properties, and also, you know, the size of the land, its orientation, its elevation, those kind of things, to get a sense of what can be done on that uh, that property. Mm. The next thing is, we'll show you some of the the, the built for you pre-designed plans that we have, and uh, to gauge your interest. If you are happy with uh, any one of the plans, then we can go with one that uh, that suits your interests as well as that uh, fits well on your on your land. Yeah. If not, then still we can customize or, or do for you a custom option from scratch um, based on your your desires as well. So after that point in time, then we would go on to uh, do for you a, a virtual reality visualization. You get to experience um, what, the, what the space will be like. We'll also do for you the, the 3D renders. You also have, let's say, uh, another, another, can I say, angle, another view of what the property looks like from yeah. a different perspective. Yeah. Um, you can share that with any other, other decision makers, maybe your wife, maybe your kids, to give some input, and then we go about refining until we get you know a design that you're happy with. Once we're happy with that design, then we go on to um, basically price it, get to know how much material we need and how much it's going to cost to construct. Uh, we finalize on that price uh, if you're happy with everything. Finalize on that price, and then you go on ahead and submit those plans to to KCCA or whichever city council is in charge of the area. Um, once we have those plans submitted and approved, then we can uh, commence construction. So during the construction process, um, we understand it's, it's of course very capital intensive. So we always come up with a payment plan um, that allows the project to be phased into um, certain step-by-step processes, mm -hmm. during which you can still look for the money increments. Right? If you need a bit of time to, to find the, the cash, you can still look for the money. If you need a financial partner, we have uh, financial that partners partner. who, who mm -hmm. we work with yeah. um, that give very, very amazing rates because they, they also know, you know the, the final product that we're going to build and they trust that it's going to be good. So the rate that you're going to get is going to be much better than if you went to them directly. So yeah, so okay. we'll go about the construction process. During that point in time, you really don't have to do anything, maybe just uh, some big decisions like colors or you know what kind of tile you want or things like that. But generally speaking, we have clients who are completely hands off. They're maybe not even in the country, they're in the diaspora. And they're like, you know what, you just, you just do you. We send updates maybe um, by WhatsApp, by email. Um, every end of the week, we usually send out an update to our clients who we're building for, and they get to know what's happening on the ground. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you want to come by your plot and have a look, you feel free. But if you don't, that's also an option. So if 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 if, if you had money, right, mm. and you are you are a tech guy who is not into construction, mm. would you be convinced that you have to use professionals like Aviva in this case to build your home? Would you right now, with the experience that Aviva has taken, do you have that trust with the business, right, mm. uh, with the whole process, with how you're going through it? That you know what. 
And, and this question is more like, I want you to tell me about some bits of the challenges. But in your case, um, would you trust professionals to handle millions of your money and give you updates on what's happening? Because then uh, we've had these issues with people who are farming. Most of the stories you read online, guys, me, my chickens, what has they I called? They ate all of them. That was there. <laughs> <laughs> Things uh, like that, like, right? That, that is the negativity around the people who are doing farming. Man, if you're not going to sit there, no one, mm. no one is going to do that business for you. Mm. Yeah. I, think, I think that's a, that's a very common thing in Uganda. But I think that's the important difference between dealing with an individual versus dealing with a company. True, true. I mean, when you're dealing with a company, or for anyone for that matter, yeah. you need to do your, your due diligence to know who are these people, who have they done work for in the past. Um, and even, first of all, we're very transparent. We even have um, our clients who are like, oh, can this person, this person is interested in doing, in us, uh, in building with us, but they want to hear a referral, like a direct referral. Can they come to your house and have a look at what we built for you? And we have that level of transparency. Where and also the, just the track record as well to know that someone has done all these projects, which have which have come out well. They have a track record of, of projects that they have done. They have you know previous clients that they have worked with who can vouch for them and you know um, talk about the work that they did. Or if there's someone who has something negative, say right. I mean it's important to know that whether whether mm. if there's any kind of criticism before you enter into a transaction with uh, or into a relationship yeah. with uh, with anyone. What are some of the challenges you've found in this space? The challenge in this, in this space? Yeah. Uh, in the industry in general, it could be a government challenge that, okay, maybe uh, the taxes are too much. It's yeah. not the taxes per se. I wouldn't say the taxes on business, but definitely the, the cost is really high. The, the cost, cost of what? cost of construction okay, okay. is high. And it's, uh, I don't know if it's anyone's fault in particular, but I think it's just a product of where we are and the time that we live in. It's... Uh, it's a bit restrictive, but at the same time, that's why I say it's the now is the best time to build because there are more financial financing options than ever. Okay, let's talk about those financing options mm. broadly. Yeah, how does Aviva help me get money to build my house? So the way Aviva helps you get money to build your house is because we know the fine. For instance, when the build for you plans, yeah, they're fixed cost. So we know within like a ninety-nine percent level of surety how much your project is going to cost. And that then allows you to work with our partners um, to break down your payment plan into a healthy, can I say a healthy, a healthy monthly, monthly payment. So if, for instance, I made it as simple as saying, you know what, you can have a house and all you have to do is pay a million a month. Doesn't that sound better than paying a million a month in rent? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So and do you have that plan? <laughs> <laughs> That's something we're working on. Please, working yeah, come on. up with that one. I feel like, yes, that's I, like... I won't, I won't mention the names of the okay. banks till we've signed that, that, that contract, but that's what we want to make as simple as that. As simple as that. So you know your, your house is built there, and the and amount you're paying in, 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 your, in your loan is basically the same as paying rent. Yes. It becomes like a very simple decision to make. I agree. Yeah. Like, why don't we have... Like, why don't we... Okay, you're bringing it. I'm bringing it. Phone, but yes. bring it. We need that, right? Like, I feel like that's, that, that's it. Mm. That's how people will get out of the whole bubble of renting and... Yeah, that, that's it, that's it, that's it. What, how would you define quality construction? How do I define quality how construction? How would you, yeah. I define quality construction... Does it have to be expensive to be quality? Also? Definitely not. It definitely doesn't. It definitely doesn't have to be expensive. I think it's more about attention to detail. How much effort does someone put in on the finer things, right? Does some are your tiles crooked? Is one tile up, another one is down? You know, I think it's, it's attention. I think it's technique. I think it's also knowledge, because I mean, there's so many builders out there, but how many of them know modern techniques of doing things? Right. What are the modern techniques of doing things? What, I'll, what I'll give differs? You just, uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> seeing my plan in the Viera thing. I'll give you a simple, a simple example. There's a project we're doing some years back, and one of our, sorry, not not one of us, the the client had someone do his bathroom beforehand, right? 
and he wasn't happy with the final product. So if you've ever seen a, a pipe or a hole for a pipe being put through a tile, um, normally in Uganda, they just you take a hammer and a chisel and they hammer a hole, mm. right? And this guy wasn't happy with that because he had, he, he had lived abroad for a long time and just like, no, there has to be someone who can, you know, kind of do more refined Some work. Of, yeah. And uh, so when we came in, we were doing specifically the bathroom. And so we had to gut part of it and redo it. And we came in with tools that were cutting, you know, proper circular holes. Yeah. And the rest of the builders who are now for this other contractor, they had never seen that. <laughs> they didn't even know it was a thing that was possible that you could have, you know. Another thing we're using, we're using what we call a, a laser level. Yeah. So it's like a, a laser thing and it shines across and it's accurate to like the 0, 0.00 or something millimeters. Things are going to be leveled. Uh, versus using the bubble. I you know, know the bubble it's level, a trick. Right? Eh? You get frustrated <laughs> and be like, I don't know this. <laughs> and, and the thing is, it's not, it's not mind-blowing technology. It's not even expensive technology. But it's just about the knowledge, but also that, that desire yeah. to, to just... To produce to a higher perfect. quality, yeah. yeah, a higher quality thing. Okay. So take, taking that bit of time to try and produce something that that's better quality, I think, is really where that element of you know quality comes in. But it's not necessarily more expensive. We don't we don't charge more for that because we're you know, it's just something we believe in as as a firm. So do we do do you do you give give all all of us clients the same quality or? My price, and this is just in terms of say interior design, right? Mm-hmm. The finishing, the materials. Do you have like a standard, and you'd be like, "This is the type of material we work with." So, uh, it is just not about your budget, but for us, we want to give you good work, mm-hmm. and we have agreed that this is the type of work that produces. This is the type of material that produces good work. Anything not this will just mm-hmm. be work we are not willing to associate ourselves with yeah mm. yeah to, okay to i'll be honest to a degree yes there 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 is some there are some corners we're not willing to cut uh, i won't even like to do about that we have clients who ask us for all kinds of weird requests but f- for the sake of their safety mm-hmm. we say no mm. and it happens that we say no but that doesn't mean that what we set as our minimum is unattainable for the ordinary person it's not unattainable it's very, very possible to have something that is cost-effective that still looks quite good, depending on how the work has been done. So it depends on who's executing the work. I'll give you an example, something simple like, like let's say, paint. Yeah. You can spend all the money in the world on very expensive paint and it still looks bad, simply because the designer just had a bad vision. All right. So it's possible to do the reverse as well, where you're using simple materials which are not too expensive, but you're also able to achieve a high-quality look. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think that's now the importance of the professionals, because they'll give it the attention to detail. All right, all right, all right. This is basically more of the technical bit, apart from, yes, the VR. Uh, I don't know if there's something you feel like we have skipped from it, apart from you taking me through the experience itself. Uh, I don't think so. But then, yeah, so usually, again, uh, what sort of legacy is Aviva looking to leave behind in the construction space? The legacy we're looking to leave behind is to build a home for at least a million people by 2040. That's the legacy we're looking to leave behind. There's a question you asked me which is very, very dear to my heart is, can an ordinary person own a home? And that's something we feel is very, very possible. It's just about how do we manage to make it as easy and as affordable as possible. Yeah, make it part of their lifestyles, right? Yeah. 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 You mentioned that thing of where I could pay a million. Um, a million could be a lot of money, but I feel like that's that's the average. An average person would spend per month, yeah, say on their rent. Or so if I'm just putting it on a house I'll own, it would be Aver- very easy. Average is even relative. If you can bring it down to a hundred k a month that becomes automatically more affordable to, to vastly more Ugandans. You, we can look at it as um, the analogy I love, or at least the company that I love, which I would want to emulate is, let's say, Tesla, right? Okay. When Tesla started out, they didn't do affordable cars at all. They started out with a high-end car. It was like $250,000, right? But because they started, uh, they started out at that level, they were able to then get the financing they needed to you know, build factories to imp- increase their production 
and achieve those economies of scale. Now I think the average Tesla costs like $40,000. So from that high amount to be able to bring it down is very possible if you're actually able to mass produce. And it's the same thing we want to achieve. If we can reach a point where we're able to mass produce houses, then it becomes like 10 times cheaper. Do you feel like maybe we need, uh, do we have people that are coming in to invest in just that, into mass production of houses? Because mm. it, it comes down to money, right? Um, it's, a, yeah. it's a money question, that's the thing. It's a money question. I, I know some people in the industry. Mm. Don't mind. I think um, there are a number of uh, players that are trying to skin this cut. And I'm very, very happy to see that. There are many people doing it in many different ways. And I think for us, this is our, our approach or our audacious attempt at doing the same. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I wish best of luck to, to everyone who's trying to make home ownership way, way more affordable for the average Ugandan. Thank you, Perry, really. Uh, yeah, this has enlightened me a little bit. There's things I did not know so much about what Aviva is doing, and this has helped. And yeah, I feel like this is a dream, man. This is, this is what the space needed. I think so. Yeah. If, if you can follow through on that uh, mass market mm. production of houses, if, if it, it becomes a reality for someone to really know they don't have to do some shoddy job or they don't have to rise mm. so much up the ranks for them mm. to get money to build a house, yeah. if it just stops being a fear like a scare because my peers that, that is all we have been hearing about like like mm. I'm mm. we can get the alcohol money you can get the school fees money but where do I get the money, money to build a house yeah, yeah. Like that yeah. question and the houses yeah you see a new site every day but you're mm. like how do I get this money if that question can be answered to the ordinary Ugandan yeah I think that would be done thank you very